Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk TV Live. I am your host, Barbara Barnett. I'm executive editor of Blog Critics Magazine and publisher and editor-in-chief of the Let's Talk TV TV blog. And I'm joined tonight by our heart, Chrissy. Hi, Chrissy. Hi. How are you? Good. And Jerome Wetzel TV. Hi, Jimmy. Hello. Um, And they are both writers for Blog Critics. They're both TV writers and uh, very valued TV writers at Blog Critics, and they also do other things. I know, Arhart, you have a couple of radio shows going on. Yes, right? I do. It's crazy. You're Miss General, you're Miss General Hospital. So if you want to know yes, anything I about am. anything about General Hospital, you have to listen to Chrissy's uh, radio show on Blog Talk Radio. And, Jimmy, you write for, gosh, who, you write for like a billion places. <laughs> <laughs> that many. Mainly uh, blog critics, the TVKing.com and Seat42F.com. And Seat42F.com is the place, by the way, to go for anything to do with Comic Con as that gets closer. And guess what, guys? I'm all set for Comic Con. Oh, Yay. I'm so jealous. I have I have my my uh, press credentials all printed out. And Yay. Yay, with the with the barcode and everything. It will go up for auction on email. No, just uh sorry, never yeah. <laughs> it will not go up for auction today because I do have my airline tickets. Um and I have a hotel. I'm gonna be staying downtown. It is not one of the six hotels that I requested on the morning of the Comic Con hotel lottery, which is insane. But I did get a downtown oh, okay. hotel and if one of the hotels six hotels I requested actually comes available and they get to me on the waiting list. I will get to be uh, closer. But right now I'm about eight blocks from the convention oh, center. Oh, not too horrible. Yeah. Can be worse, well, right? You know what? I <laughs> wanted to be closer just because it's great for stargazing to be sort of like yeah. at the Omni or at the Hilton uh, Gas Lamp District or, you know, one of those or at Hard Rock. But um, it's, you know what, it's okay. And, of course, all of the press panels – are at the Hilton Bayfront, and it would be, I mean, the days are like you go from one of those to the next, the next, and next. Right. So it's kind of nice to be able to go back to your hotel room and regroup and charge your batteries and change Yeah, batteries. exactly. You know, so, but but that's fine. I, last time I was much farther away, and so I'm, if I, it stays the way it is, I'm content. Uh, so I'm really excited, and I have my airline tickets, and I'm all set to go, and it's only March, and it's going to be 10 inches of snow tomorrow and everything. So oh July God. is a long way away, but it will be here soon. Um, I want to quickly say next week we're on a slightly different schedule. Uh, Monday night we're going to be doing an all Downton Abbey show. So um, we're not going to talk about the Miller's Daughter Monday night. <laughs> no, we have to. <laughs> There's a reason. There's a reason. Oh, there's a reason. Okay. There's a reason. I was thinking, maybe a... should I have a show before yours? <laughs> there's a reason because Tuesday night, Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, Jane Espenson will be coming on with me. She was not available Monday night, and she and I have exchanged a couple of emails, and she is going to be on the show to talk about. The Miller's Daughter, which is her episode. She wrote it, 
And uh, I know we've all been anticipating it. So Jane, um, I wrote to her and I said, okay, so I'm totally fine if you say no because you were on the show a couple months ago and you, you've already been on a couple times and you're probably tired of me already. And um, she she wrote back to me like really, really quickly. She says, I would love to do your show. I just scheduled a dinner for that Monday night. I'm free Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> so did you say, well, I guess I'll do you the favor and move your show. I wrote her back and I said, I could change the day of my show. <laughs> Not a problem. No problem. I'll change it. Exactly. Work around their schedule. That works good. <laughs> so right around that time, too, I was giving little teases about the Miller's daughter on Twitter. And Jane follows me on Twitter. So awesome. she, um, uh-oh, somebody's having trouble with the sound. Uh, uh, refresh your page because sometimes that happens. Yeah, refresh it and see if it'll come back. Uh oh. Hopefully, you guys, can you hear me? Raise your mm-hmm. hand in the chat room if you can hear me. Nobody's saying hand. anything. Uh oh. Okay. Maybe you could get uh, another writer. I can hear you. Okay. okay, we're good. Okay, so Betsy, refresh your browser. <laughs> um. So, um. Ha, maybe I could get another writer at some point. I could. Well, I've got Adam and Eddie. There you uh, go. I I interviewed them in November. So and they're the most important, actually. They are. The writers. They, they so. totally are. And I interviewed for elementary. I interviewed Rob Doherty, so who's the creator of that show? Um, also in November. Um, but what was I going to say? Um, so I was saying. Oh, um, so so. Gosh, I'm like totally like now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Not You're Miller, Miller's daughter. You were talking about. Oh, right, right. So I was tweeting. I was tweeting um, teases. So Jane tweeted sh- to me. She said, "Shh," and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> what am I saying?" So I, I tweeted back to her, and I'm, I'm like. I don't think I've said anything. <laughs> right, right. And, and I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm not giving spoilers, but, and I said, am I giving spoilers? And she tweeted back, she says, I don't know, but, you know, be really careful. And like, I'm like, I know, I know. So people <laughs> were tweeting me saying, don't get her angry. I hope she's not angry at Barbara. <laughs> and so Jane then, like, after we, in, in the meantime, we're trying to get all this stuff together to come up for her to come on the show. And she tweeted, I tweeted, and I said, yeah, everything is cool with us. And, and then she tweeted out, oh, I'm really excited to be on Let's Talk TV with Barbara next in a couple of weeks. So, you know, cool. yes, everything is fine between Jane and me, and it's cool, and she's going to be on the show, and we're all going to have a lot of fun. So yeah, you bigger ratings if you make it seem like there's a feud going on. There, sh- there would. That would be fun. So, so <laughs> tell everybody that you're actually like gonna bury the hatchet of this big feud on the show next week, and yeah, lots do, of people. We're totally, we're there totally gonna do that. <laughs> we are totally gonna do that. Uh, but it's fun, and and I I saw Jane at Comic Con last year, so we'll talk a little Comic Con maybe. And she's she's all over the place with her stuff. Her husband's, by the way, um, I saw next to Jane in the Paley uh, panel. Um, Very audience. cool. She was sitting next to Brad Bell. She brought him with. I didn't see Sean there, but I saw Brad. Um, yeah, is it? Aren't they great? I yeah, swear. I, I love Sean and Brad. I really do. So okay. So now and that can I say that, real quick, 
before yeah, yeah. you go on, I just wanted to say uh, congratulations to team husbands, Jane and Brad. They won for writing in a comedy, I believe, and they won for the Indie Soap Awards. Oh, yay. Yeah. So, and he, and I believe he won best lead in a comedy, if I remember correctly. And he should. But, it's a great, by the way, guys, if you have not yet seen Husbands, the series, you should. So funny. Oh, my God. So it's let's great. talk. Okay. So we got to talk about, um, and I'm I'm actually kind of you know I'm I'm kind of in a in a very relaxed mood because we do have 90 minutes on the clock for this episode tonight so uh, I'm cool. not gonna like rush because we're always rushed at the end don't you think No yeah. of course So I I it's like trying to jam pack it for the hour <laughs> There's just so much So anyway um, so I want to talk about last night's episode the the Queen is dead. And if you haven't read my column on it, please make sure you get over to Blog Critics or Let's Talk TV. It was late last night because um, the uh, editing frame ate my draft, ate my publish. Oh, no. it, I, I hit publish, and it published, and it was on the site for about two seconds. And I hit go back, and the whole thing was gone. It had Oh, my God. I actually had to rewrite it this morning. I was, like, really freaked out. Anyway, so if you haven't read it yet, make sure you get over there and read it. Um, anyway, so what do you guys think of the show last night? Well, it was it was wonderful, of course. Of course. So what did you like? <laughs> what, what didn't you like? What questions are there that lead into the Miller's daughter that you may have? Well, this is what I want to say. Okay, I have. I don't know if I brought this up before, but I think that little blue fairy chick. I think she. <laughs> there is a lot more that beats the eye with her. The fact that she's been involved in this thing from the very beginning. I'm talking about way, way back. I think it's going to be interesting to see what she's really all about. I. <laughs> That was the one thing, and I know Cora was pretending to be the Blue Fairy. Yeah. Uh, you know, with with Snow, which yeah, it totally a Cora thing. But does that mean that then Cora was the Blue Fairy way back when from the get go? And Could she's be. the one that yeah, and she's the Could one be. that kind of set things in motion as far as like even with you know uh, Rumple and you know Could Aunt Bay leaving and all of that. That's she, what I think. I think she's the ultimate thing behind it all. Well, she's she's kind of self-righteous to me. She's a little self-righteous. Yeah, totally. And she there's really just is. something off that. The other thing that was interesting, I don't think she lost her memory. I don't think she lost oh. her memory during that time frame. Hmm. I don't. Because she never really has been, it's always kind of being in the background, you know. She's kind of like, you know, something that you don't really, you're not paying attention too much, but that you should be paying attention to her. Because I don't believe she ever said she lost her memory. I don't think she hmm. did. You know, there's there's a inter- couple of interesting comments in the chat room I have to uh, respond to. So, uh, Ishtar, because I'm going to call you Ishtar, <laughs> because I can't pronounce the rest of it. She says, Cora wasn't alive back when Bay left. Well, how do we know? We don't how do know we know that? that? Yeah, so Cora's pretty old. I mean, she was Regina's mother. She was around yeah. for, you know, 
So she could she could have been around. It see, definitely seems like the further they get into this plot, the more they write Cora into the backstory. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and Regina has to have a mom. Well, yeah, it was 300. It could still be 300 years ago. I mean, people are, those guys are kind of ageless. Exactly. Those guys are as long as in the fairy tale land. Yeah, in fairy tale land. Right, they're mm-hmm. they're pretty timeless, you know. Tale as old as time, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and and you know, and I think that it's it's just I I cannot believe the ending. I mean, I knew I don't know why Snow gave up that dagger. I was like, she had to save Joanna. I'm going to say it wrong, but <laughs> Johanna, John. she had to save her. She had uh, Jonna, She had to save her. That was her beloved nursemaid from, that she's been with right. for hundreds of years. Right. She couldn't just right. stand there and let that happen. Right, but you know right. what? It's interesting. But you sort of knew. I mean, Cora is had to have known that Cora was. Yeah, that Cora was gonna like totally kill her anyway. I, I mean, didn't yeah. think that. It shocked me when she went out flying up the tower. Yeah, well, you know what? It's interesting because you know, compare her to Rumpel. When you mm-hmm. make a deal with Rumpel. You make a deal. Yeah. He honors it. He honors his deal. He honors it, yeah. That's He's true. honorable in that way. And then Cora, and maybe that was partially, maybe it was partially to show that distinction. Yeah. You know, that true. he's got this kind of code of honor. And, um, you I know. I think the I, difference is, I think the difference is to Cora is, I, I think that, that gold slash ruffle is redeemable because oh yeah from the get go he was a good guy before the dark one took over right before he became the dark one but I don't think Cora has ever been good well you know what's interesting and one of the things I pointed out in my commentary was that because Hook was able to stab him in the heart we know that Rumpel has a heart oh right oh you know I didn't even catch that. Because the poison, once it reaches his heart, I, um, ooh, I can't say that. Oh, never mind. <laughs> 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 That's from the news, Moment we should have seen a little. We saw it in her face for a second, but then it just disappeared. 
Yeah, it should have okay. been a little bit more of that. Like, I think well, it would have been kind of to see more of personality of what she was and then have, yeah, I agree with that. That should well, have been a little more. Yeah, and you know what? It's it's interesting. Um, Regina wants so much her mother's approval, and mm-hmm. I think that's something that Snow was trying to point out to her last night. Yeah. Um, and that will be a theme that will continue next week, by the way. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I I really liked it. And having seen the Miller's daughter already, um, it – Yeah, you've watched of, it a lot, haven't you? <laughs> you said it was so good. <laughs> I've like, watched it. Like, I'm dying to see it. Oh, yeah, we just saw the Miller's daughter, too. Let's go ahead and talk about it. Oh, you, you've seen The Miller's Daughter, too? <laughs> no, but I figured if I lied to you, I could get you talking about it. <laughs> you have seen it. You were last night. Didn't you catch it? Right. Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. I did see it. But, see, but none, yeah. of the thousands, none of the thousands of people who listen to the show every week, and there are. There are, like, three or four or 5,000 people who listen to the show every week, which is kind of cool. But um, I can't tell them. Because that would yeah, be bad. Because then we'd be in trouble. Then I wouldn't <laughs> okay. get me in trouble. Um, but I can't. And now it's like really weird because the two stories are like in my head, like together. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. You're trying not to but I'm left flip. So it was really kind of cool. I love seeing Rena Sofer, who always plays to me everything Great. I hear in. Mm-hmm. Always played like really kind of hard women. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, can I just say. The costumes were gorgeous. Oh, I love yeah. I love her I, I'm sure that little girl, That first of all, that little girl that plays the, the young snow is fabulous. Uh, she was overacting a, a little much for me last night. I, I know she's a kid, but I was just like, oh, just to, dial it back a little bit. Do you know what? Really? I want, to yeah. say I want to say something about snow um, in the mm-hmm. first scene with um, – with Mrs. Patmore. <laughs> no. Yes. I know you just got to call her Mrs. Patmore. The that's that's the who she is. Leslie Nichol, um, who plays both Mrs. Patmore at, in Downton and uh, plays um, Joanna, Johanna in uh, this. But interesting that Snow started out to be quite the little entitled brat. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was surprised by that. Yeah. That, that little bit because I was like, oh, I never would have thought she would have been. I, you know, I kind of saw that though in her interaction with Regina before, when we had the story with the stable boy. I yeah. know she wasn't mean, 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 but we saw some of that brattiness. Yes, we did, we did, and and that I yeah, like that. I like the brat. No, I, I do too. Absolutely, it deepens the character to me. It deepens the character. Yeah, it does. And it was lovely. Well, as a layer. It was lovely to see Rena Sofer, and there's actually an, a house connection for those of you who used to watch House or Revenge, even. Um, because her husband is Sanford Bookstaver, the director. Um, he was a director on House the last couple seasons, I think the last three seasons. And he also was a director, producer on Revenge. And he has a new show uh, that's coming starting in the summer, I think, called Graceland that's coming out. So, oh, on USA. Yeah. On USA Network, right. And yeah. he and I were tweeting back and forth last night a little bit about that, So, and today as well. So I'm going to see and there was I... another guest star in the episode too. If you are a fan of AMC shows, because AMC has the best best shows these days, uh, Mr. O'Toole from Howard Wheels played Ava's doctor, Queen Ava. Oh, interesting. It was a very small role. I wish he had done more, but I was like, that's Mr. O'Toole. Interesting. So, um, so 
talk about the dagger. Mm. Oh, my God, yeah. Best hiding place ever. Oh, my gosh, it was perfect. Who would have thought? How I very, would have never thought. It was a very Hugo kind of a place to uh, to hide. Totally. Right? And I mean, you can read so much into it and make so many, like, assumptions and connections. I mean, you can spin it any way you want. Yeah. Uh, but, they're, but putting it in a clock really makes it ripe with symbolism. And... Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, what? it's interesting. So I want to go back to um, Manhattan and um, how Regina and Cora and Hook found the uh, yeah, found the map. Found the map. Um, and how they misread it. So that was great misdirection. And totally. either, either Mr. Gold knew um, that that was going to happen. That was maybe a bit, you know, he's got such a fragmented view of the future. Yeah, right, right. And he doesn't know the whole picture. Um, which I, lo- I, love prob- I, I so love that, that he's like a flawed prophet. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like a totally. Yeah, well, I love so he that. knew he was leaving town, right? So he yeah. knew, even though Belle didn't remember him, yep. that she would be vulnerable without him in town, and, and there was no way that you know that it, she was going to be easily manipulated as well. I think. And so right. of course, it would make sense that he would plant that in her purse. Right. What a great bit of misdirection. Totally. And, and totally. I love the fact that when really push came to shove. And it was like, you know, you have to tell us where the dagger is or Cora and Regina are going to find it. And, you know, and and Emma says to to Gold, you know, you have to begin to be able to trust your family. Yeah. But but what, what I was thinking of when he told Emma where the dagger is, is he still has this idea that he's going to kill Henry. I mean, I feel like he's at least considering it. And by handing the dagger over to Emma and Snow, he's handing it to Henry's protectors. And so to me, I almost felt like he was sacrificing the obvious path to try to take out Henry. And, you know, that kind of, I don't know, I kind of was wondering about that. You know, that was really interesting. That was a really tiny little moment and I would love to read the stage directions for that moment if there are any. Yeah. I doubt they are. There are there I'm sure there are never stage directions for Carlisle, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but Act um, like Robert Carlisle. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yes, right. You're not happy with Henry. Go. <laughs> you know? I don't even have to say that. Somebody says they think the um, dagger is a replica, and I'm going to tell you that you're not on the right path on that. Yeah, I don't think it is. I think it is the, the replica. I, I, mean, the I, can, I, can, I can say with some authority that yeah. it's not. It's, it is the dagger. It is. It, it is. I can. The, the magical people involved, Cora and Regina and stuff, they'd be able to spot a fake immediately, I think. And and there are very specific ways that we will know that um, come the next episode. So mm-hmm. uh, the dagger is very important in the next episode. Um, but I love where he hit it. I love that he has. Oh, so that so that little scene between him and Henry. Mm-hmm. You know, and Henry's yeah. trying to approach him because he's his grandfather, right? And, right. And 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 then he just and and and. 
Bromble just snaps at him, just snarls at him. He really snarls at him. You see the beast. Well, yeah, so this morning, really... Rumpel's given Henry every reason to think that they could have some. I mean, he's always been nice to Henry. So for Henry's perspective, it really comes out of nowhere. Right. It's like, whoa, what the heck is going well, I was on there? Yeah, it was shocking. I was like, oh, my God. And then I think, too, he resents him because, you know, he can't – he's not going to kill him, obviously. No. He I knows don't... that he's going to have to, yeah, accept his – he's going to have to start playing by playing – the game basically play the family stuff and he's I don't think he wants to you know I think that he he's just he's got his goals and that's what he's and now this is just complicated I think right right and Betsy says in the chat room I had no problem with that he's dying he's in pain he's in shock absolutely Oh yeah, and, frustrated with the situation yeah. and yeah, yeah he's absolutely. frustrated with the situation he's been attacked he's vulnerable I mean how when was the last time that Rumpel was actually vulnerable yeah, this is like what was going on in the bathroom at the airport times ten. Yeah, more. Yeah, even more so. More like more really, like times a, a thousand probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's really, really got to trust Emma. He's got to trust Snow, and he's got to trust Charming, and he's really got to trust people. And that's something that he's doing reluctantly, but he's doing it. And I think that's Belle's influence, number one. So it's a beautiful thing. It's 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 something that we've not seen Regina do at all. Right. Well, yeah, it's, it's a control thing with him too. He yeah. doesn't have control. Right. And right. So it's it, it, time. Just, yeah. In three hundred years. Exactly. So. And Regina, I feel bad with too because she was trying so hard, and yes, she expects her effort to be taken further than it is. I mean, she deserves to have friends at this point. But it's almost like, you know, Snow and Charming, these are heroes. They need to to bury the hatchet. The only way that Regina is going to be saved is if they extend her the friendship even when she doesn't deserve it. And Snow's little snide, I'll give you one more chance, generously, just yeah. was the complete wrong approach. I mean, Right. Uh, obviously, she's going to be turned away by that kind of attitude. You right. you need to be the bigger person and step up and offer her a genuine chance at something before right. she's going to move. Right. And I think also, I think the thing with Regina is she is so profoundly, this is a woman with mommy issues, really yeah. big mommy issues. <laughs> she wants nothing to, but to be loved. She wants her mother to approve of her. And mm-hmm. mom has never approved of her, ever. And that goes back to Daniel and even mm-hmm. before. Um, and mom... Probably is, before that. Yeah, she's like, yeah, I mean, it's it's a horrible situation. And now Cora is extending that tentacle. Uh, I love what it's like, tentacle. Um, she's extending <laughs> a tentacle of, of <laughs> approval. You know, and and now she approves, at least she says she does, uh, approves of Regina. And Regina's not going to, yeah, Mommy Dearest. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Totally Mommy Dearest, yeah. You know, Cora is totally playing the Mommy Dearest card. I mean, truly. Um, And she's extending this tentacle from her octopus hands. Um, (laughs) I keep thinking that she's like, you know, the octopus in The Little Mermaid. Maybe she is. We haven't got that far yet. Um, and 
you know, and, 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 and Regina's buying it, you know. She wants so much to believe in that love that's just mm-hmm. not there because right. Cora has no heart. See, but I think, too, I think it's going to be interesting to see you didn't hear when. You did, you did not when, hear me say that, by the way. Yeah, she has no heart. Yeah. As no, soon as you said that, I'm thinking she had to have removed it years ago. <laughs> I mean, she's got everybody else's heart in a box. Why do not she put her somewhere? I and mean, if she knows it's vulnerable on her chest, she's going to put someplace safer. Exactly. Well, you guys have to keep that because that's a really important thing for next episode, the heart thing. So well, that's our speculation. We haven't seen it, so we're allowed to talk spe- about it, right? What's your speculation on it? <laughs> well, but she wouldn't keep it in her body. My working she... theory is. <laughs> and it's actually, it's actually it's extremely important next week, so I can't tell you a lot about it. But, mm. yes, what's your theory? Well, my theory is obviously she doesn't keep the heart with her. It's not on her. She has a separate place for everybody's heart. Obviously, I think she has a different place for her own heart. And I think that, you know, that's going to be the key to, to killing her permanently. Obviously, you have to find her heart. She's yeah, a heart. that's saying, so. you know, yeah, okay, it's not a big spoiler, but you know what? The heart become, is so important to next episode. It's like such an important thing. So, oh, um, so I can't uh, I can't really say. But, um, yeah, so, <laughs> so moving on. Um, I thought one of the really, really big scenes of last night was, again, with Snow, um, doing the nice thing versus doing the right thing. You know, is there a a point where, you know, she's like, okay, I've done the nice thing. I've done the the, the quote-unquote right thing over and over, and it's only led to death and destruction. And maybe I've got the wrong approach here. and. You know, but it's sometimes, I mean, and I and I made a note to myself, you know, sometimes you have to fight evil with evil. No, I, I, well, well, I mean, I can see that point, and I think that's what Snow's thinking, but I don't think that's the right decision for her to make. I agree. I mean, that's what sets the hero apart from the villain. It, I mean, no matter the cost, she has to stick to her guns, or she'll start to become him. And in some stories, you know, there's a huge spectrum of gray and, you know, heroes can waver. And we've watched a lot of shows with the anti-hero right. these days. But in a storybook setting, I feel like the hero has to be the hero. And right. even if she has her doubts, she still has to do the nice thing. And, and yeah. I could see her struggling with it. It was really hard. And I loved how uh, uh, Charming was like right there with her. I think that it's going to be his his love that brings her back from that. I mean, I get what she's talking about in that she's just tired of losing, and she's, she, you know, trying to do the right thing all the time. And, and I loved how the end when she was, like, listing it all out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I did the right thing. But I said, yeah, I thought those were really great points for her to, you know, why why, why she's coming into this mindset, basically. But if it was easy to do that, everybody would do it. That's that's what sets her right, apart, that thing, she right. does it exactly. when nobody else can. And there's a really, and, and that's a really important thing to keep in mind for the Miller's daughter as well. It's a really, it's a really kind of a cool thing that happens, and, um, it's it's uh it's it, she struggles with it as does David and uh, it's kind of a, a cool thing coming up in the next episode so um 
And sometimes sometimes you do good and it backfires on you. Uh, right. Yeah. He says, Yeah, gold did not kill Hook and look what it's look look what the result has look been. What's, exactly. And but gold did, he didn't gold do didn't it kill Hook out of niceness. Gold didn't kill Hook to make him suffer. Yeah. Really different motivation there. Well right, but, but right. then okay. No, no, no. I'm I'm you know what, I don't mean Hook. I mean Smee. He didn't kill Smee. Oh, okay. Well, that, okay oh, okay. He let Smee right. go. And what ended up happening? It it mm-hmm. came back to bite him. That's true. Right, exactly. So, well, that's yeah. the thing, you know, every time he, he does try to do the right, it, but, you know, you can't, that's, that, therein lies the, the struggle for the good versus the the bad whatever side of the characters. Right. You know, they mm-hmm. have to constantly struggle with that. And but that's what makes it that's what makes them interesting. You know, we we see them grow and and, and I, I just love the layers that they put for all the characters. You know, there's uh, an interesting there's an interesting um theological thing. Um and I'm gonna put on my clergy hat right now. <laughs> <laughs> my Jewish educator clergy hat right now. Um and there's a an idea, a concept in Judaism that every person has the ability to do good and the ability to do evil, and it's called the Yetzer Hara and the Yetzer Hatov, the evil inclination and the good inclination. And it's really important for a whole person to have both of those because both of those things are important. Because I don't know if any of you, if either of you or any of you guys out there saw remember the old Star Trek classic episode where Kirk and Spock were turned into all good and all evil. You know, there were two, two different people. Oh, I didn't see that. And um, and the problems it caused, because what happened is the all good person that was Kirk was, um, was so wishy-washy and had no ambition and had no... Uh, you know, when the transporter split Kirk into two Kirks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And Spock the same thing, and and you have the the evil part being ruthless and with no compassion. So mm-hmm. you have these two, and that actually that that philosophy of the everyone has in them. And you know, people say, oh well, well shouldn't you be always good all the time? And I'm like, well, without that yetzer hara, without that that quote unquote evil inclination, and it's really not a great translation of the the idea. But you don't have ambition. And ambition is a good thing to have if you want to be right. successful in your life. You don't have that inclination to push and advocate for things that are unpopular. You know, you're just going to sort of go along and go with the flow if you don't have that drive in you. So I think, um, and Adam and Eddie being members of my tribe. <laughs> <laughs> Obvious right. from their names. I actually know some Kitsis people here in, in Chicago. Um, don't know if they're related, but um, but <clears throat> I'm 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 guessing that they have some like somewhere in their own cultural memory that idea <clears throat> of those two things being at war in every person all the time. Right. And um, so that they, that's where layering comes in, obviously. But you have snow. So far, not really struggling with that so much. Not since she was a child. Right. And now all of a sudden, 
you have her struggling with this, and she struggles into the next episode with it. And I mm-hmm. think it's really interesting um, how it turns out. And I absolutely well, I think... can't tell you that because then I would have to kill you all. And I don't want. I don't. I really don't want to because we have to find a new be... panel for next week or next yeah, time. Exactly. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but that well, was really too, kind I... of. But I think too, you know, the fact that Cora's back in Storybrooke, she's the one that is, you know, kind of awakening all of this conflict within Snow. And of course, yeah, like I mean, I said to you earlier. I mean, obviously, the line that I mean, Cora's uh, purpose or goal with with Snow was to turn her her heart black, you know, turn yeah. her to evil. Yeah, I, I think was wondering was, about that. Was there something I missed, some backstory on why she hates Snow so so violently? Does she have a vendetta against Queen Ava? Or? Well, I think that she wanted Queen Ava gone because she wanted right. Gina to be queen. Right, um, but why does she have such a personal mission against Snow? You know, I, think, I, I think part of it, and, and there might be something more to it, but I think sort of like gold to a certain extent um, in training Cora and training Regina. Um, evil ha- is lonely. You know, it's a lonely existence not to trust, right. not to love. And you kind of sort of want, you, you would think that in the case of gold, for sure, I mean, the glee with which he he uh, has dealt with, with Regina and uh, as you might see possibly with Cora, it's, you know, he's, he, he really, it's a lonely existence. And if he has partners in crime or partners in evil-tude, <laughs> uh, <laughs> then, you know, it's not as lonely because you've got, you know, you got BFFs in your bad you got a posse. you got a posse. you got a posse. Well, but, you know, if she wanted other bad people, there's so many easier targets to take than but snow. But you know what? I would think that there would be such glee that she would oh, absolutely. in turning and, and someone who is so good. So I just feel like there's something more there. Like there's got to be another flashback we haven't got to yet on well, why she's singling out Snow so personally. It could be part of a prophecy. You know, it's possible no, that – that, mm-hmm. It's possible that Rumpel told her, you know, mm-hmm. that, that that has to happen. That's true. Right. You know, Rumpel knows well, everything. Rumpel knows <laughs> all and sees all. He knows all. Mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't always understand everything. Right. But you know, he. I just. And the other thing I would say is, I was surprised they didn't have the king there. When you the know, queen oh, died. It was just so. I didn't understand that. Like, Gaston wasn't uh, available, wasn't necessary for the story. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It would have made sense to have him there, but he wasn't right. necessary. And, you know. Um, you know, that's saying, you know, is that why he wanted Belle to have him? Well, at the beginning, I think, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, when he brings Belle to his castle. Right, um, right. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's because he's lonely and he doesn't have anyone there and that changes um as he opens up to her and you can tell back in skin deep how rumple's voice even changes the way he talks his yeah. mannerisms everything changes as and that's supposed to actually have been taking place over a period of um you know of of you know months if not years 
um, or probably months. But as that unfolds and you see Rumpel slowly unthawing, but yeah, for sure. I mean, I've heard Carlisle even speak of this. You know, it's like Rumpel is a lonely, lonely soul. And right. that loneliness is what is like catnip to us. Right. Watch the show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, you know, behind all the bad is like such incredible loneliness and desolation. It's like, okay. He's my Byronic guy. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, I want to know, like, how in the hell did he go when he made the deal with her father? He's going to help the, in the ogre wars, whatever. Right. I say there's more to that story because there has to be a – because not only that, but Belle clearly knows – she's the one that sends her rumble to help them with the ogre wars. She's mm-hmm. the one so, – so how did she know – about rumbles of Bill, you know, how did she well, know he was dark with? Oh, how oh, did he know idea. to ask? How did idea. he know to ask for Bill? I have an idea. Okay. So in um in uh the return, I think it was the return. Um, he says to Balefire, he he explains. He says, you know, I've I have uh stopped. I stopped the ogre wars. I walked out into the middle of the field, and I stopped the war, and I saved all the children in the village. I, I, you know, I, we we all went home with me at the, you know, I led all the children off the battlefield. I stopped the war, and and, and of course, this is this all happens with Bell, and you know, in Skin Deep happens after Bell Fire is is gone. So this has already happened. So. She would know that, I would think. Oh, I guess so. See, now I didn't yeah. catch that. I don't remember that. He, t- yeah. he told Bay that. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Says, you know, um, I'm, you know, because because Bay is telling him, oh, you know, you're just bad, and you, you know, you're you've used all this evil, and he says, well, what more do I have to do? I stopped the war after all. Oh, I, that's I, right. Okay, I, I totally forgot that. I did. I walked out into the field and I brought the children home. Right, so would know that. That would be that would be legendary. Right, um, he did that. He did stop the war, which was using his dark power for good. So it can be used for good. It can be used. Yeah. For, it can be used for good. He he actually says something in the next episode that is like it's almost a throwaway line. So you have to kind of like I can't tell you what it is or when it happens, mm-hmm. but that is it it really says quite profoundly what Rumpel thinks of his power as the dark one. And it's a really cool line. So, so cool. you have to watch for that. I want to talk a little bit about um anything else about last night's episode. I'm really excited to see the Miller's daughter next week and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But uh or we can talk about it now. Do you have any questions <laughs> on the pro promo? <laughs> I'm giving a couple of little mild spoilers out there. I don't know um, people saying, oh, you know, the spoilers are out there for the first 10 minutes of the episode because people who were at Paley saw the first 10 minutes of The Miller's Daughter. Yeah, lucky. Mm-hmm. But I don't actually remember what happens in the first 10 minutes or after. So I don't know where that first oh, no. ends at all. So I don't. I haven't seen it for about a week. So I don't remember, like, everything that happens all the time in it. Like I said last week, it was funny because I saw it. 
uh, it's all got all, and, and I'm, I'm guessing that they're going to have on the site probably in the next day or two, the final cut of the episode, which will be really cool because it'll actually have music in it. Oh, Cause when they be send these rough cuts, there's like no, um, that, oh, so can you confirm that there is a major death? I will confirm there is a major death. Main character major? I can't say any more than that. Uh, major death? Okay, wait, yeah. we have to figure this out. It's no, going to be Henry, so. There's a death. There is a death. It, and, uh, it can't be Henry. <laughs> I was going to say least likely. I can't say. You know, I mean, gold's after him, so could yeah, be. Yeah, no, they're not killing off the Oh, child. I hope they're not going to kill my hook off just because he's a, he's a hottie. Yeah, could hottie be. Hottie boy. Well, just find Hook is a main character, didn't they? Uh, but why would they, they can't kill Hook off right after they sign, add him to the main cast. You never well, know. That's true. You know, that could have been a ruse. You just oh, don't know. Oh, Lord. Like well, what Joss what? Whedon did on Buffy with Tara. <laughs> It is there a Jane Hutchinson, huh? The biggest just... thing that ABC gave away is that yeah. no responsible for the major death. How did they give that away? I don't know how they gave that away. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I can no I idea. ask you or say something? Say, okay, and then they... What, who, who thinks he could be Peter Pan? He knew Well, us. you know, that leads, Hello. Me the, that leads me to the Paley panel. All uh, right. Cause... Did you see the Paley panel? I, yes, I read the highlights. I, I, I know what the last two episodes of the season are called. And tell us what they're called. Second star <laughs> to the right and straight on till morning. Those are the names of the two finale the two episodes. Oh, so Peter okay. Pan is coming in full swing. So, and, and I understand the speculation is that they are very heavy Bay episodes. Bay, oh, yeah. well, you know, it's a big deal. So he's at, least, he's at least a lost boy, if not Peter Pan. You know, he yeah. has to be Peter Pan. I'm sorry. I just think he is. I mean, you know, and I love the line where he's like, well, this wasn't the first one I went when I left, you know. And, and uh, it, it, I, I mean, yes, he was a young kid, so it's a possibility he could be a lost boy. But I think it would make for a better story for him to be Peter Pan because then you could do a triangle with with Bay, Emma, and Hook because you know Hook has the hots for Emma. Oh yeah. And so I think that angle. I wonder if. So is his fiance Tiger Lily removed from Neverland? Well, I wonder if 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 Bay's girlfriend might either be Tiger Lily or Wendy. Well, I feel like Ooh, all the apartment baby. stuff that we saw of of uh, Bay pointed to a stint in Wonderland as well. Uh-huh. So I wonder if Wonderland and Neverland came first because that could really influence the direction. Plus, yeah, you know totally. that he was with Emma after he left those fantasy worlds. So uh-huh. whoever it is he may have gone back for or they may have come along later. You know, it it could be. Um, it could be. That would be very interesting. I do think we saw Bay as a hero in this episode versus the villain, though, because he made the nice choice to save Rumpel's life instead of abandoning yeah, him. And I even though we'd yeah. see him as a petty thief and do some kind of nasty things where you might wonder, I felt like the decision that he was going to stay on the ship to take Rumpel home solidified that he's in the good column, no matter how it shakes down. Yeah, I agree. 
I mean, I, I absolutely, I, I think that, I mean, obviously, and what he said to Emma, of course, was like, you know, he's my father, I mean, he's not going to turn his back mm-hmm. on family, and I love that line. Because I, can't wait for I, you guys to, I cannot wait for you guys to see the Miller's daughter, because it's I know, such a good male character. You know, the one thing I, about, about, it. about Miller's daughter that I think is so amazing is that everybody in the main cast has a role to play. Yay. Everybody. Well, geez, this is going to be interesting. And, and you know, one thing that, I mean, I, I know a lot of people have criticized the show because, you know, it's been one storyline or the other storyline, and we'll skip this one for the next few weeks. And well, this, everyone is in this. Everyone has a part to play. Everyone has an important part to play in the main <laughs> cast, and except maybe for Red. I was and, just going to say, even Ruby? No, I, no. not Ruby so much. Um not but Ruby so and everybody and not, else. Not Ruby so much, and and not, well, not Ruby so much. I, I I'll only say that. Well, so um, the main characters are, are the two basic families, and then Hook and Ruby and, and Belle. Right and Belle, right. So I think everybody, you know, everyone with very few exceptions has a, a very major part in it, and I think that was that's really cool. one of the strengths of next week's episode. Um. And yeah, it's like the Miller's daughter looks as action-packed as Queen of Hearts, <laughs> more so. <laughs> oh, gosh, <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's an amazing, an amazing, 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 amazing episode. There is so much there um, that is just there are tiny moments that have a huge impact on the storyline, mm-hmm. and there are big moments that have just as important an impact. Um, so it's just great. It's just, I can't wait to see it with the music. There's one, there's a ball scene in it. And I will say in the, um, in the Miller's Daughter. And the gold dress is involved, right? Is what? I'm sorry. I said the gold dress is involved in that scene. Uh, Is it that a rumble scene or is that? Later. Well, Rumble's in almost every scene <laughs> in this episode. He, he's cool. not he's in every single scene in, in The Miller's Daughter. Um, so it's hard to say. But there's a ball scene, and what I was going to say is, I wasn't going to give anything away about it, but um, in the ball scene that I saw in the rough cut, there's no music. So <laughs> what you see, oh. you see these people dancing, mm-hmm. and there's no music. <laughs> will it be a famous song, or will it be something or new? I have no idea, but I mean, the, uh, there was no score. The score was yeah. not yet, so, so that was just weird. <laughs> it was just weird, and there was a lot of green. There was a lot of green screen scenes, mm. so you know, seeing it in its full and and a, you know, it, a lot of CGI stuff that was kind of temporary effects, and so it'll be really cool to see it with all of its glory. Uh, the question from the chat room is, what would you say is better? The Miller's Daughter of Manhattan, I would say The Miller's Daughter. Mm. Yeah, you were saying you love this episode. Miller's Daughter is right up there to me. And it's not because of anything that happens between Belle and Rumpel or doesn't happen between Belle and Rumpel. It has nothing to do with that because it's not really a Belle episode. Um, And I'm not, as much as I love that that relationship, I love a lot of different things. But I believe that Miller's daughter is 
it it could very well be the strongest episode of the year. In fact, it's the only one that I've watched more than twice. Wow. And we're just seeing it again. I've so seen it's it this year's Skin Deep. So. I've seen it three times, at least. The only other I've, I've watched I've, that forever. I, I love I, that. I, no, no, no. I mean, The that Miller's Daughter. Great. I've seen it at least three or four times already. Skin wow. Deep I watched countless times, including on the DVD with the wonderful commentary from Jane and from, yeah, from Mr. Carlisle. I Ooh. love that they did that. And and can I just say, it would be wonderful if, like, for the season two DVD, if they would include the deleted scenes, because there was a lot deleted from that skin deep scene. There were several scenes, yeah. right, it, a little bit you know, more rumble. And they what, didn't put it on the DVD. I was surprised by that because I thought what, they should have. I've read the original script of Skin. Yeah. I've read it. I've read it. I have a copy of it on my computer. The original script. Yeah. There is the, the, what they cut, although there was quite a bit they cut, doesn't doesn't detract. I mean, there's nothing that is oh my god uh, among the scenes that weren't didn't make it to the final cut. There was a really now cool that but none of it, yeah, none of it would, and reading it, because I had, oh, my God, there's all these cut scenes. And when I was given a copy of the script by a very lovely person who gave me an original copy, <laughs> um, I perused it for um, scenes that would have had an impact on the canon of the series, and there weren't any. So, um it would have been cool, but I do know that, and Jane has told me that um, the DVD that's coming out in next season is going to have some goodies in it, and they're going to have some very special things at Comic Con as well. Mm-hmm. Awesome! Um, so ah, for yeah, in honor of the really. new DVD, so I'm really excited about that. Um, that'll be, you know, you all know who I want to interview at Comic Con. <laughs> I've, I've met of everybody. Course. Else. I've met everybody else. So almost everybody else. Uh, so, um, and what is and a line from Rumple that was wonderful about how oh yeah I mean there there is I mean there were definitely scenes um, and there were there were scenes that were cut there were some funny scenes but but nothing nothing that would have been terrible but like, I do you know oh, one of the things that that uh, I think it was um, Eddie Kitsis said yesterday on Paley. You know, because they were talking about filming, you know, they all of the episodes are like an hour um, long. You know, they film an hour and they cut it back to 42 minutes. Right. Three minutes. And so what Eddie Kitsis said at the, the Paley panel was, hey, but that's really cool because those would make great ads for the DVD. Ha, 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 ha. Yes, so, they would hit, hit, hit. Oh, if they would right. give us the extended episodes, yeah, that would be great. Yeah. yeah so I want to totally. I want to segue to the Paley thing more. I, we we know what the last two episodes are called. Uh, there's another. We episode. got another episode title uh, too, didn't we? Yeah, we got another episode title called Lacey. Which was I there, what, wasn't that, there another one that they were talking about where everybody first arrives in yeah, Storybrooke? Welcome, yes, welcome to Storybrooke. Mm-hmm. So so we now know four of the next episodes. But Lacey, I want to talk about Lacey for a minute. Um, they revealed that we'll get a little bit of uh it's racy Lacey. You know, they what they did, what they um what they teased was one of the things we've not seen because Belle was 
uh, captive. Um, right. That um, we've never really seen Belle's Storybrooke persona. We only know her as Belle. We don't know her. Right. Her, the, you know, the other side of the coin, the, the flawed Belle. We only know Belle as Belle. So, right. um, so you know, the Belle that we're going to see is uh, provocative. <laughs> I've heard they fed um, some, pro- you know, provocative, some um, raciness, perhaps. Interesting. So, and and they tease that uh something about uh you know what's in store for Mr. Gold in all of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of the other things and somebody asked about, you know, are Gold and, and Belle going to get their happily ever after this season? And of course the answer to that has to be no. No. Um I would be and as much as I love Rumple and Gold I mean Rumple and Rumple and Gold. I love Rumple and Gold. Rumple and Belle together. Um I can't I if they get them together, I think it's gonna make them boring. <laughs> well <laughs> not necessarily, it depends how they do it. But yeah. There's no hurry. There's no you don't want to stretch it out seven seasons. There's a great, there's a great, yeah. I mean, and that's what that's what Kipsis and Horowitz said. Yeah, maybe season seven. No, 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 no. You don't want to stretch it out seven seasons. No, no, no. That's no, no, what no. shows do wrong. Yeah, no, you don't want to do that. That's what they did no, on what, files, and it was stupid when it actually happened. But no, no, no. What I really, I would like to see them together, and I and I know that there's going to be, you know, because Grumple's Rumple, and um. Oh, Bessie's saying, come on. That would, I hope the fans leave in droves if they do that. No, I don't think they're going to wait till the seventh season. I mean, no, I, I could see him killing Bella off long before then just to drive him <laughs> over the edge into a really dark territory. Oh, you're going to make them so upset. Well, me being a soapster, I, I, I would like to see like a slow romance film. Yeah, and I think between Bella and Rumpel. This yeah. is what I think. This is what I think. And this is what started before she lost her memory. And this is what I said way at the beginning of season two, is that I think Gold had started to court her in a very old-fashioned, mm-hmm. courtly, almost Victorian way. Yeah, which mm-hmm. I love. Brilliant, which is brilliant, because that is Gold. Gold is almost a Victorian character. Mm-hmm. Which is why you will hate any type of risque version of her. Yeah, and and you know, and and his mannerisms, and his yeah. language, I mean, the way he speaks is mm-hmm. very yeah. mannered and very, you know, Edwardian. Even his clothing, although it's kind of bizarre, is a little has a little Edwardian cut to it. He's very old world um, British in in a, in a lot of ways, and you know, that's his modern persona. And and of course he's going to be very courtly and he's going to be very reserved in his courtship of her, and I love it. And then she got the amnesia, and of course, and he tried that even with the amnesia, she couldn't get anywhere. Right. But what I think is going to happen is I think that he's going to pick that up now that this storyline is kind of off, uh, or going to right. be over. This this part of the narrative is going to come to a conclusion. Um, 
you know, then I think that 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 will happen. And I think that that episode that's going to be very bell heavy is going to um, is going to reveal a lot. I mean, they can't spend every episode on Rumple and Belle. They can't. They can't. And would I have liked to have seen Belle in more of season two? Yeah, I would have. Um, but, um, you know, patience. There's a great song in Stephen Sondheim's musical, um, A Little Night Music. And the song is called Perpetual Anticipation. And, you know, there's a perpetual anticipation is good for the soul, but it's bad for the heart. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and you know, Betsy's saying they had 14 minutes in the first half. I agree. I would have liked to have seen Belle more. Is that a deal breaker for me? No, because I think they're, they have honored um, honored the relationship i and and there have yeah. been ups there have been downs the ups there have been ups they've been there have been moments you know just like there have been moments for ruby just like there have been moments for dr whale just bell is not a main character in the show she's in the main cast she's a full-time member of the cast right but she the, the main characters of the show are snow uh charming Emma, Henry, Regina, and Rumpel. Those are. Did I miss anyone? I don't think uh, so. Main, no, I think you got it. Yeah, the main characters of the show, and however and whoever everyone else is, whether it's Belle, whether it's Ruby, whether it's Whale, whether it's it's they have to play into those storylines and. Um, they have to give the main characters their their stories, and you know they they have to do that. And even Balefire isn't a main character. In Not the now, but I feel like he more than anyone has the potential to be upgraded as the series goes on. I, yeah, I think so too. Um, and and Belle, and, and again, as much as I love her and I love Emily Duravin, she's great. She's wonderful. She's not part of the central core of the cast. She was just added as a regular this season for the first time. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was because of her relationship with uh, Rumpel. And I think it's wonderful right. and beautiful. And I think making her a major character, has you have to give her conflict. Mm-hmm. Right? You have to give her conflict with somebody. Well, yeah, she has to have some... There has to be some kind of an angst going on Right. Uh, you know, for especially especially with how layered that they are writing all the characters, she has to have some depth to her. I love the fact that she doesn't put up with, like, she is a very strong character. Like, she's, what yeah. we've seen so far from her, she's just very very strong. She's got her her own, you know, good what she's not going to cross. You know, what lines she's not going to cross. Right. That she and has she, her own set of you know kind of values and. And she just, but she also brings out the best in gold. Oh, and and, and that's and that's you know somebody said in the chat room. Well, what's the point of Rumbel if they're not going to make her a a main character? Well, no. I mean, she's really important to Gold's story. She's mm-hmm. really important to his story. She she like you said, 
brings out the best in him. He is yeah. good for her. She she's not a plot device. She's no more a plot device as Ru- than Ruby is. She's no more a right. plot device than anybody like, than Balefire is. I mean, Balefire's not a plot device either, but he brings out the um, you know, different things in in gold. Uh, well, that's right. what Once Upon a Time does well. Even if you're not a main character, yeah. you're not shown as a one-dimensional set piece. You're right. still a fully-fledged person, uh, and in how you relate to everyone, you're just not the focus of the scene. Right, right. And some of those people are part of the, you know, what are what are called the main cast. They're before the, you know, before before the credits. You know, at the beginning of the credits, and some are at the mm-hmm. end, and you know. To be fair, Emily DeRavin is part of that, you know, that main cast that's listed at the beginning and always in every episode, not part of the guest cast. But there are plenty of people in the main cast that are not, you know, I get those press releases and these are the people who are in the main cast and no matter if they're in it or not, they're listed. Um, right. Mm-hmm. But there are others as well. So, well, when the um, benefit of signing her in contract means she's not going to take another show. She's correct. available whenever they need her. And that's correct. really important for the Rumpel character to have that person. Right. Right. And yeah, I think I that that's, you know, and and as his his storyline moves in, as he gets closer, hopefully, to Balefire, you know, and that I, I'm really excited to see the dynamic between um, Bell, Balefire, and Rumpel. You know, that mm-hmm. sort of dynamic yeah. I think that could be and I think that Bell could put uh could go a long way to once things are all sort of settled is to smoothing over any rough edges between Balefire and Rumpel. Mhm. You know, in, in in and I think that there's a big ginormous leap of that next week. And that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> I want to I see in between Belle and Regina where they compare notes on being a stepmother. Yeah, really, really. <laughs> Let's see, what else, what else, what else? Um, welcome to Storybrooke. Oh, Welcome to Storybrooke is coming up. And Welcome to Storybrooke is, I'm really excited about that one because um, Betsy says, well, I'm not going to, okay, why would, Belle's not going to have any interaction with Bay? We don't know that. How do we know that? Um, anyway, so story. Welcome to Storybrooke um, is going to tell us about the first few days, first few weeks of life in Storybrooke, and that's um, very interesting. I and think hence, why Regina that. wanted Henry in the first place, right? Why Regina wanted Henry in the first place, and right. it will like. So how did Regina pick the clothing and the – this, this is all out of Regina's mind, right? Right, mm-hmm. right. She created Storybrooke. So she's going to have this fabulous gay friend of hers who helps her design everything, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that would be too funny if that – that would be fantastic. And then at the end she repays him by whipping his heart out and crushing it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, 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 oh. And oh, look at cheeks. <laughs> well, we get to see Katie. Jamie Jordan, though. Yes. He's coming back. We get to see our husband. Yes. I'm so happy. Yeah. We're going to get to Jamie. see him in that episode. Very exciting. Oh, and I miss him. Maybe I would Mrs. Mrs. Patmore can pop back him. up. Yeah. Mrs. Patmore is dead. I, <laughs> oh, yeah, but if we're going back to the first days, maybe right. we can see her again. But Mrs. Patmore is going to be really busy um, when they're filming <laughs> that. <laughs> because... 
segue, segue, segue. Um, Into Downton. Downton Abbey is going to be starting to film its fourth season or fourth series, as they say in the UK. Um, in fact, they are already there. Um, I heard. Let's see. I I, I heard Alan. Um, oh my gosh, Alan, who plays Branton? Um, help me out, guys. Branton. Tom. Alan. I'm sorry. Who plays Branson? Oh, oh, Tom Branson. Um, yeah, Alan something. Alan, Alan, and I really like his character. Um, mm-hmm. I like. I him at first. He's really grown on me. Yeah, you know that. Okay, so this is the thing. I just started watching. I watched the first series, and then I didn't watch series two or three. And then everyone is like, "Okay, you're writing a Victorian novel, girl. You better watch Downton Abbey." Well. Notwithstanding that my Victorian novel is more like set, you know, in the time of Jane Austen and George Eliot, the early, like, it's set as early in Victoriana as it can because it's 1837 when Victoria was first crowned. And Downton mm-hmm. takes place in the 20th century, always. The whole, At the like, end, is the Victorian society is on its way out. It's, it's Edward, yeah, and, and going into Edwardian society. So, but they said, but you must watch it. So, I said, okay, I'm going to get caught up. And everyone from my agent to, like, everyone else, like, you got to watch it. So I did. And I really loved it. I got very quite captured by it. I loved Mary. Um, I really uh, enjoyed Matthew, you know, and I liked the dynamic between them. And I really loved that they got together. And and he died. Spoiler alert. That's, uh, that's ridiculous. Oh. And I've had some friends ranting at the Downton Abbey writers for killing him off. And I'm like, no, it's not their fault. It's, it's not the their actor. fault. It's he the actor, string the actor up. <laughs> he wanted to leave, and so now not only have oh, they lost that's Matthew, just, that's but here's just a crap. <laughs> here's a spoiler, and I don't know if if, if people know it, um, but the person who plays O'Brien also left, and so yeah, that went, just came out this week, and yeah. she's just going to disappear between seasons. They're not going to. Yeah. She doesn't get the send off because she's just a servant. She's gonna step. She's gonna come on to Once Upon a Time as Cora's evilish sister. <laughs> you know, she would be a great like wicked stepsister character for sure. Isn't she? Oh my goodness! But Harriet Walter is joining the cast, and I love Harriet oh. Walter. She's a and wonderful. And we're gonna get a um, Shirley MacLaine back for the Christmas special. Yeah, I and... liked her character. I was sad she was only in those couple of episodes. And then, of course, Sybil died as well. And I, you know, and I liked Sybil a lot. And I loved, um, they've already filmed Welcome to Storybrooke. Yes, that would make sense that they would have done that. Uh, okay, so this is the thing that I have a problem with, with Downton Abbey. And it's very tightly written, and it's great, and I love it. But, so you have all of a sudden great love story between Sybil and Tom Branson, the um, the chauffeur. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of build-up. I mean, I rewatched series one and I was like, oh, yeah, they have a couple of scenes and, yeah, they're sort of... They're, but it's not even really flirty. They're just sort of connecting. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, at the beginning of series two, Tom, very kind of arrogantly, is like, well, you know, you love me. And um, you love me, and we're going to run away together. And I'm like, where did that come from? 
Well, I, I excuse those kinds of leaps because they skip so many months and years between yeah, episodes. Yeah, but there was no... That we miss so much. Yeah, but there like, was nothing that... That's, that's not the only plot they've done. Then all of a sudden they come back and this is changed dramatically. You know, it's part of the, the structure of the way they're telling the story. Yeah, I know, but it just seemed really abrupt to have this yeah. great... And then, and then, of course, you know, okay, we see them together and it's really... We really don't see them together. We don't really see that you know, that mm-hmm. build up to the point where she, the war is over now. And finally she says, I'm going to run away to Dublin with you and, mm-hmm. and marry you. And it's like, where did that come from? And then, you know, series three happened. And of course, and, and I, and I actually completely turned around and they become real, became really my favorite couple mm-hmm. in the whole series, because I really, especially um, with Tom struggling with, you know, kind of his new role at Downton Abbey and his rebel self and really slowly, slowly coming to really accept himself in that role. Um, He struggled, he fought against it for so long and now he has the opposite end of the struggle where now he's got to watch and make sure he doesn't slip backwards. Okay, hold on. Yeah, it's been a really neat arc. Hold on to that thought one minute because I want to get back to to Tom. Um, But somebody in the chat room and I... Thank you for reminding me because I almost forgot. Uh, how good was this, the bowl of soup story? Okay, so those of you who are on Twitter know that there's this inside joke that's been going around that was started on Twitter by Robert Carlyle, who wasn't even on Twitter until several months ago. But he is now very much the Twitter person. And he started this thing calling people bowls of soup. And there's all this bowl of soup stuff. Did you guys have you guys seen any of that on Twitter? No. I don't know. I, what is this now? Okay. I've always he started, on Twitter, but I, he started. Yeah. He started, you know, he called Josh Dallas a bowl of soup. He called. You know, it's like dropping bowl of. It's almost like it's a substitute for something. Else. Yeah. And so he was asked at Paley or they were asked at Paley Fest. So what is it about the bowl of soup? And so all of the people on the stage look at Carlisle. And he's like, oh, God, I can't believe that you're really, I really have to tell this story. And it's actually quite a funny story about this friend of his who has a stall in uh, in Glasgow. And uh, he sells incense uh, and stuff, you know, that sort of stuff. Uh, uh-huh. I would imagine like head shop stuff, but, but incense and stuff like that, incense shop stuff. Um and a guy walks by his stall, and, and I'm not going to do justice to this because Robert Carlyle is, like, the best storyteller ever. He's a great storyteller. Um, and so, so you know, this guy walks by his friend's stall and uh, says, okay, so what is this? And the guy says, well, it's incense, and you put the incense in, and you know, it, it burns down. And he's like, oh, yeah, right, fine. Walks away, comes back. Well, really, what is that? Like, right. Explains it. Walks. So he comes back like a third time or a fourth time. I can't remember. And he says, "What is this?" And he says, "It's a effing bowl of soup, you idiot." <laughs> he's like, "What? You're a bowl?" Of... And it's like goes back and forth. So that's where it started. It started with Robert Carlyle's friend in Glasgow. End of oh. story. But the way <laughs> nice. that the, the way that Carlyle ta- told it was. <laughs> And he, he talk, it's like, I'm talking with my hands. I'm Jewish. I talk with my hands. You know, that's part of the culture. 
me too. I'm Italian, and I talk okay, to my so Italian, all the time. Well, Italians and Jews are, you know, we're under the yep. skin with the same Mediterranean. That doesn't explain exactly. the Scottish Robert Carlyle talking with his hands. Um, but <laughs> Irish people do the same thing, and so I would imagine Scottish and Irish Celts, you know, Celts do that. So yeah. um, it's a thing. Um, and <laughs> but he is talking with his hands, and it's like you know, it's great. But he he's a brilliant storyteller, and. Uh, Oh, yeah, there's a genetic link between Italians and Jews. I would guess that that's probably true because we, so. we, we are all Mediterranean people. That's right. Hey, Dad, Italians, Italians rule. <laughs> Italians are good people in general. I, I, I have many <laughs> friends who are Italian, and I have many friends who are Jewish. And Ishtar yep, is too. an Italian, so welcome. To, yeah, Italians, Jews, Irish Celts, I guess. I don't know so many uh, other Celts other than Irish people, but yeah, we're all very emotional. Talk with our hands. What are you, Jimmy? <laughs> I'm I uh, German and Scottish. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. German, I don't know talking with their hands so much, but Scottish for sure. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Celtic people. Um, so anyway, so uh, getting back to uh, Downton. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so you I are- can tie the Downton into your Jewish stuff, because don't you think Lord Grantham is kind of like Tevye, you know, trying to hold on to a way of life that's disappearing, while his three daughters drive him crazy by marrying the wrong people? Jimmy, you have to, this is so funny, because we were, I was watching it with my husband, Uh and and, um, when, uh, uh, I think it was when Edith, this was already after, um, Mm -hmm. after Branson, and now Edith is going to marry this old dude. Right, mm-hmm. and before and I, she goes to the young guy who, who looks just like the old dude. Yeah, yeah, really. So I said to um, Phil, I started singing tradition. tradition. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, definitely. That's exactly Lord what Grantham, it is. Lord Grantham is Tavia. Mm-hmm. How Tavia? Uh, there's no question. Um, also interesting, of course, there was the um, the uh, Game of Thrones connection. In Downton Abbey, because Sir Jorah, mm-hmm. right, also yep. played Sir Richard Carlyle, and there's, there's and it's so pronounced with the second on the second syllable is as is appropriate. So okay, so uh, what I really loved about series three, and this is why the Sybil Branson and then Branson storyline so got to me, um, was um, Alan, oh God, why can't I remember his name? Who plays Tom Branson? Does such a phenomenal job showing Tom's reluctance and then acceptance of who he is. And then when Sybil dies, it's just heartbreaking. It's just mm-hmm. completely heartbreaking. And I totally okay. I said I'm done. This is this is great. This is really great acting. And um, so, what do you guys think, uh, uh, Chrissy? You you don't watch the show, and you must. So you must watch it. Yeah, Jimmy, I, what, I need what, to like. It's on my list. That's for sure. It definitely. I know a lot be, of people tell me. You know, there's only like eight episodes per series, so oh, okay. it's a total of like 24 episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So it's not bad. You can get through it pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, and they're long. Like the 50. Oh, and make sure. See, there's two versions. There oh, is okay. the uh, American version that was shown uh-huh. on Masterpiece Theater, and then there was a UK version, 
which was not shown on Masterpiece Theater. Got a little okay. longer. Yeah, different cuts. Episodes are divided in different places. Yeah, so you should definitely get the UK version, which you can get on Netflix. Season one is on Netflix. Oh, okay, uh, cool. So, but I will. Two and three, you have to get like either on. Uh, I think. Can you watch them on the PBS site or no? I have no idea. So I watched the first season on Hulu, actually. On what? I watched, I watched the first season on Hulu, and okay. I don't remember if it was cut in UK or American. And I got the UK. You can get the UK season on. In fact, you can get the UK seasons on Amazon.com and on iTunes. Uh, which mm-hmm. is where I, I never watch the abbreviated anything. I hate American versions of everything. Um, I do too, but we watched them just because they were available. We were we were yeah. caught up when Series 3 just aired, so we yeah. watched the and, PBS. You know, and movies, you know, too. I mean, there are, every movie that I've ever seen that's a British movie is different than the British version. Um, I recently, I had seen uh, the movie Face, which is a, uh, 1999 Robert Carlyle movie that um, never came out here, but was was very popular. It's Antonia Bird directed it um, in the UK, and uh, the version of it from the UK is quite different than the American sure. version. Um, even the uh, movie, um, I think it's is it Emma? Not Emma. Yeah, I think it's Emma. The movie Emma with. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow and Jeremy Northam, I think, is different in the original UK version. I mean, it's, whenever there's a British movie, I always end up getting the British version of it at some point because usually the extras on the DVD are better, and it's often a longer cut. That's um, interesting because the extras on British TV shows on DVD tend I know. to be quite inferior to I the know. American. I know, but movies, it's not true. In fact, hmm. it's interesting um, – that uh, there was a movie called Maybe Baby that was a Hugh Laurie movie that was also like a 1999 or 2000. And that's the first time that somebody said to me, yeah, but you need to really watch the British version of it because it's like 20 minutes longer. I was like, really? (laughs) So (laughs) you have to do that. So um, I, 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 you know, I'm really enjoying Downton Abbey. I, you know, I just missed the um the end and, and so I'm I'm belatedly into it. But I'm all caught up and you know, I think one of the characters that's grown quite a bit is Thomas, the um the first footman. And, yeah. Like he uh, finally he was so such a villain and now all of a sudden he's a yeah. sympathetic character. He is. He's just, he he was really torn up when Sybil died. I mean he was really torn up when Sybil died. And he is uh he's a gay character, which is kind of cool. That and it's and it's not over, you know, it's not in your face and it's not, you know, over the top and it's just sort of there, which is kind of um, an interesting thing. And with poor Matthew dying, I don't know what's going to happen with Mary next season. I kind well, of already cast her new suitor, so yeah, that's what I read. Now I'm hoping, I'm wondering if uh, maybe Tom and Edith might uh, get something going with each other. Yeah, really. Yeah. I don't see. I wasn't looking at that at all. Hmm. He I seems to have a type, <laughs> and he's definitely not that type. But you never know. Well, Edith has changed. Edith has changed a bit. She and is, I, I dig her character. She's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, she is. And you know, I like. 
I, I, I think that, that Tom is too um, good a character to be with, although he's in, even now in such grief over Sybil. Well, yeah, but when the new season starts, quite a bit of time will have passed. I mean, they're not even right. going to spend time with Mary grieving, so yeah, you know, she'll be over Sybil by then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, yes, I absolutely think so. And um, I think with Matthew's death too, Tom is going to be really torn up because he and Matthew became quite close. And mm-hmm. um, so I think it's going to be, an, and who's going to be the heir? You know, it'll be the baby. Cause, well, yeah, it'll be Mary's son. Right. So Mary will sort of be the uh, heir regent. <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. She'll sure. be the future dowager. The future dowager. Yes. Yes. And so she's pretty set. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be uh, a very, uh, very interesting series four. And they have started, uh, they're going to be starting the shoot in a couple weeks. And I know they're already in production with it. So I can't believe almost an hour and a half has gone by. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. It goes quick. This has been so much fun again. <laughs> it goes really quick. Well, we have so much to talk about. That's why. <laughs> I know. I know. And then, you know, I'm going to, it's, it's going to be weird. So now I'm like, you know, now I've got other shows i got to watch. I'm looking forward to some new shows. Uh, and I have to get back to talking about elementary as well. The last couple of episodes of elementary, I have not found to be inspired to write about them. Um, they've been yes. much more procedural, I think. CBS, they give you a hit and they take it away. Yeah. I'm I blame of, the network. I want to really see what happens. I want to, you know, it's coming back on the air, not this week, but I think next week it's going to be back on the air with new episodes driving towards the end. So I think mm-hmm. that we're going to uh, see more going on of course Sherlock knows knew all along that uh that Watson was um was working for free. Um and I think that was a review I last figured, time. I figured that I'm actually come I'm a couple behind but Oh okay. I Sorry. called that yeah, I, I called that months ago. Um and I I'm looking to forward. watch it. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> oh it's really, really good. It's really good. Johnny Lee Miller Boy, those train spotting boys do well, don't they? Which boys are train spotting? I teed it. I need to watch it. I've never oh, seen it. Oh, it's great. I mean, it is what made Ewan McGregor a big, huge, ginormous star. Oh, mm-hmm. I love Ewan. And he's great in it. Have you seen Train Spotting, Chrissy? No, I haven't seen that. I'm, I'm like, really, I, you know, it's. It's funny. I was really reluctant, and I had you got you guys know that I've seen everything that Carlisle has done at this point. Yeah. There was, um, um, I didn't see it. I didn't want to see it. It didn't really do anything for me. And finally, someone said, "You know what? Watch the freaking movie. <laughs> Just watch it. Just sit down and watch it." And it is brutally funny. It's great. It's just, it's really? very you know. It's like it's a very weird movie. It's there are some scenes I still can't watch. I still can't watch. Cranon says, three minutes of live airtime remaining. Damn, do you want us to go on for longer and longer? It's like, it's, it's, this is a lot of fun. I hope that's oh, cool. because, I, I, I hope that frown faces because we're almost out of time and, and we got to go. Um, but, yeah, so watch Train Spotting. You and McGregor, I mean, this made him a star. He's the main character. Johnny Lee Miller is in it. Um, I think this was probably his first big role. Uh, Robert Carlyle is in it. It's one of his first roles, not his first role, but one of his first roles. 
Uh, thank you, Cranon. I love listening. Big, winky, smiley face. You are wonderful. <laughs> um, I am so glad. Tell your friends. Like the show. Make sure you get on and put a big like on the main page and tell your friends. We are um, we are getting lots and lots of listeners uh, to the show, and I'm really excited that every single cool. every single person is important. Uh, we are actually going on something like 200,000 downloads. Awesome. Like crazy, crazy. Um, so, yeah, but every single listener is important to me. And, um, uh, you know, the IMD, I had never thought of going on the IMD once upon a time until um, I said, you know what? I'm going to go on the board and I'm going to post a review. And at first I thought, oh, they're going to really not like that I'm kind of inserting myself and posting links to my reviews. Right. And, and I am so excited. Cranon, I am so thrilled, and I feel so wonderful that you said that to me. Um, I am just really deeply touched because I really, uh, I, I really feel that the IMDb message board has welcomed me. And uh, I'm so very glad. I really am. Um, and I'm glad so I found cool. you guys as well. So I didn't even know there was such a thing for IMDb. Like, I didn't know there great. was more about that. I, I'm That's a member cool. of IMDb. I have actually IMDb Pro, which is the Hollywood Reporter. Yeah. And so I'm a subscriber to the Hollywood Reporter, so I get IMDb Pro. And I get, <laughs> if you're I love subscribed IMDb. to the Hollywood Reporter, you get IMDb Pro for free? I believe so. Oh, because I've been in Hollywood Reporter for free forever. I believe I, that you get a free – If you're, I, I also subscribe to Variety. Um but, um, oh, Once Upon a Fan was how we, you know, and I keep, uh, Ishtar, I, I, Once Upon a Fan, girl. I, Once Upon a Fan is the UK site. And, oh, okay. They are wonderful. They are the ones that did the, uh, the auction for With Kids Glasgow. Oh, okay. Um, that the chipped cup and, and of course that I donated my, Comic Con badge too that everyone autographed, Aww, and um, and I cool. love and you know Gareth Hughes who runs that site and I have been trying uh, to get together to be on it quite a bit and Zach from that site who I've spoken with a few times maybe I'll get Zach to come on with me one of these times, um, but yes it is absolutely and I've seen that site grow from from nothing to being really one of the best out there. And we are actually just about out of time. Thank you, Jimmy, and thank you, Chrissy. Thank you. But as always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have to do this again. And I think next week I'm going to just have Jane to myself, but you guys can. I don't believe you. (laughs) (laughs) You That's all right. I'll be listening. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so I will see you all next time. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. Be sure to tune in next week. On Monday, we'll be talking about Downton. And on Tuesday, we'll be talking about Once Upon a Time with Jane Espenson. So I want to thank you all for tuning in and have a great week. And I will see you next time. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Bye. (laughs)